0: You
1: are listening to You've Got Five Options show. Where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners, and one cat to make a show especially for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a
0: surprise. Tune in! The magic of five. Hello, everyone. This is Marta,
1: and this is Anna, and this is You've Got Five Options show. And welcome to our almost last, or maybe last, no, I think there will be one more show that you will hear on the radio before the summer break. So, the, the, the last before the last, how do you call it in English? the last before the last show (laughs) before we will hit the summer break and then we will be back on airwaves with the new material. At the beginning of August. So guys, today we have or I have actually um, and by I means uh, this is very subjective what you will hear today. I have decided to make a rerun um, of uh, several different informations and news that have resurfaced in the times of pandemic and lately Black Lives Matter um, that didn't got that much of a news coverage because our media are dominated by pandemic and Black Lives Matter. Um, sometimes I have a feeling there is nothing else besides those things. And of course, if you are listening or reading to the uh, country specific media, if there is an election period, that also is something that it is being reported on. Now, currently in Poland, we are in the middle of presidential election, aren't we? So basically, the news is dominated, Polish news is dominated by the election. I think American news are dominated by Black Lives Matter and mix of uh, what will happen between Trump and Biden and all this kind of things. But in the same time, the world is still rolling. We still have things that are happening and sometimes those are rather interesting and potentially very consequential things for either some countries or humanity in general, but we don't know about it because we don't hear about it. It's quite unbelievable that we only know what media decides to report on unless we make a little bit of an effort. Guys, do you also have this impression that that the news are dominated by... uh, very specific narratives, and there is nothing more in this world.
0: Well, definitely, I am looking forward to this show, because I know that you are always uh, having, you know, this information, and you are always very good in following different types of uh, media. And uh, you have that natural curiosity to check what else is going on. And uh, we've had that um, episode once with Estefania Mm -hmm. where we were talking about information bubble. True. And I think that this is very true uh, for us because algorithms are working in a specific way and are providing you with the same type of information uh, over over and and over over again. So unless you make an effort to break out from the information bubble, you will be fed the same type of information and you will not be able to expand from that horizon. And that's where it's quite useful to have quite a lot of different friends because if your friends are interested in different things, that's how you can find out some of those different things. And when you start following those different things, you will start breaking out of your information bubble and will be able to start finding
1: different things out. I fully agree, and I would like to say that I have prepared 10 different um, news pieces uh, for this hour, and as you know, hour has 60 minutes, and that would mean uh, six minutes per piece, so with my ability to talk and uh, the fact that I have uh, Marta and Denise here, probably we will only go through five, (laughs) but let's see, let's see. All the information, all the news, and all the links to articles that will allow you to explore those topics will be in the show notes of this episode, which you can find on the fiveoptions.com five as a number. So if there is something that got into your ear and you would like to know more about it, you will be able to actually dig into it, because why not? You know, I think we are all tired about the pandemic and civil war, unrest, race, tensions, and other things. I would have to warn you, though, that some of those news are not necessarily very happy news. Some of them, however, are. So, without further ado, let's start with something rather grim. And the first piece of news, uh, actually, this would be like a report, uh, and it's constantly developing, is that our food chain is kind of collapsing. And this happens in the shadow of the pandemic, because of course, we are thinking about, you know, who is infected, where are the tests and the vaccines and the never ending discussions, if it's good or bad. Uh, Who can we trust Bill Gates and you know, uh, which borders are open and we are so immersed into this specific, you know, tracking of the virus and the development here, that we may not know what happens in the background. And in the background, we have a serious problem with the food chain. I am not uh, sure if you heard about guys actually first, I will ask you, did you hear about it? Well, I think we need
0: to go a little bit more specific into what exactly that means, because I definitely heard some things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, But I don't know yet. What
1: specifically
0: understood? In
1: mind. So just to make it brief, brief, uh, first of all, of course, as you can imagine, when we got the almost entire first world, I'm doing the quotation bunnies under the lockdown, a lot of uh, restaurants, bars and other places that normally serve food were Closed and locked down. You couldn't really go there, and people could order takeaway, but it was not so much uh, of the same demand for the food, uh, meat especially. And uh, already in April, uh, there were reports that uh, massive uh, meat production companies like the huge ones, but also local farmers started to slaughter their um, their pigs and, and the cows and stuff because they simply have nowhere to keep them and they have nowhere to deliver them or so sell them. Then on on the top of that, a couple of major meat uh, processing companies in uh, the U.S. and also in Europe, for instance, Tyson, I think it's one of the biggest one, uh, had um, a case of coronavirus in their factory. And because of that, they had to lock down the entire factory and send on the employees home. Uh, that uh, also did not help the fact that the meat processing companies closed because they couldn't actually receive the meat from the farmers. And because of that, we had it is estimated now hundreds of thousands of cattle and, and uh, pigs simply slaughtered chickens as well. There were news about um gallons I don't know thousands of gallons of milk being um just poured away because you have nothing to do with it there is not much demand for it from the side of the hospitality business and now apparently also vegetables and fruits are being either burned or or throw away because there is nowhere to deliver it which is extremely uh, ironic taking in consideration that in United States people are standing for hours for in for in the food banks and uh, food banks are not having enough uh, food to give to people and on the other hand people are hearing in news uh, if they can hear it in news that simply all this meat and and fruits and everything is going to waste it's either thrown away or burned down and uh, this is extremely sad and because of that it is predicted that the world will face a huge food uh, supply challenge uh, because it's not about the amount of food but about the uh, ability to deliver. It's like the, the, the chain, the whole supply chain is like dots that cannot be connected if you are locking down the entire countries and putting certain businesses on a, on a on a pause. So did you hear about that? Yes,
0: I did. And I think we even spoke about it to some degree on one of our previous programs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe we did, I don't actually remember. And Dennis, did you hear about this?
3: Um, Not that the supply chain would be broken, no, but I did hear that certain factories had uh, hundreds and hundreds of cases of coronavirus. uh, Mm -hmm. So they sent everybody home and isolating them and having to destroy herds of cattle mm-hmm. and, and pigs and chickens. Yeah.
1: Yes, and that actually shows the fragili- fragility of our supply s- supply chain systems, you know, we don't produce enough locally especially in the United States. Those are conglomerations that are gathering all the farmers into one, let's say f- meatpacking factory, processing factory. If that factory is down, then you have a big bottleneck in a system. Sure. I think that we should really keep an eye on this. Um let's say aspect because uh, I I believe it will become extremely important. I think that the, um, was it United Nations human rights uh, sector have uh, announced a month ago that it is estimated that additional 100 something million people will suffer starvation because of the lockdowns and the consequences of the lo- lockdowns worldwide. So I think we have to really um, keep an eye on this news and uh, know what's going on. Yeah, I told you it will start grim and the second one is not better. So um, the second news that uh, I found extremely like surprising and uh, it, it really went under radar and it is said that if not the pandemic, this would be on the first uh, pages of all the news uh, information, is that India and China had a deadly clash on the border that was more deadly than in the last 50 years. I don't know if you uh, realize, but China and India have a border dispute somewhere at the north of India. And the scary part, it happened on 17th of June, the scary part is that actually uh, the people on the border, I think those were the soldiers, they didn't even had a weapon. They actually started to fight uh, like with anything they had like fists and I don't know what other weapon they could use. And there were 20 Indian um, casual casualties. 20 people on Indian side died. On Chinese side, we don't know because they are quite protective about their uh, Let's call it news. But it is uh, seen on a political uh, scene as (laughs) extremely dangerous and a possible uh, pre pre invitation to a conflict in that side of the world and maybe a prologue to the Third World War. So, did you hear about that?
3: I read about it going out here today that there was a certain valley in the region where yes. a couple of months ago there was nothing mm-hmm. and now there's a military facility mm-hmm. right on the border.
1: Actually the in tr- interesting fact uh, is that China and India were uh, working on de escalating the conflict and actually they were supposed to de-weaponize the border. So no one actually knows what happened because they were in a process of smoothing these relations down and actually, you know, holding hands and singing in Kumbaya. It looks like they use the hands for something else. Uh, So that's something that made me very, um, I would say... um,
3: It, It just takes one stupid soldier to throw a stone.
1: Yeah. But uh, when I think about it, you know, 20 people on the Indian side and they had no weapons, so they had to... We also have to uh, take in consideration that this is an area that is on a very high altitude. It's The temperatures are close to zero. So many of the victims, they also died as a result of the exposure because the clothes were, you know, ripped off or, or whatever. So it wasn't that they literally kill each other with bare hands, but, you know, they... The, the victims are there. Um, since 17 of June, it's kind of quiet, but it is said that both China and India might be preparing for some sort of a military conflict. That is quite um, worrying, I would say. Marta, did you hear about this? No. No. So this is the first one when I have uh, managed to...
3: Well, fortunately, it's two very small countries having a fight.
1: Oh, yes, mm-hmm. they are so tiny. It's yeah. almost like, you know, Orhus versus Weiler, right?
3: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's quite worrying. It's quite yeah. scary. Number three, and this is actually something that is a good news. It could it have a potential to be a good news. So there is a historical court case in United States where the fluoride cover-up might be exposed. Of course, this title is a little bit uh, conspiracy. I don't know if you are aware that many countries were adding fluoride to uh, the drinking water, United States still have, I think, 50% of water supplied with fluoride. That started in 1940s, and it was uh, said that uh, this will help people to maintain healthy teeth because, you know, fluoride helps for that. Mm, yeah, your teeth, which I cannot pronounce. That's one of those w- teeth, things. Teeth. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> I cannot pronounce it. I say either teeth or some weird Teeth.
3: Healthy tits is good.
1: Healthy tits. Well, it wasn't about the tits, though. It was about the teeth. Okay, that's maybe a slightly better. And uh, finally, um, I think I will just give you the right uh, information. Customer groups, uh, including Food and Water Watch, the Fluoride Action Network, and Moms Against Fluor... Fluor- another word, against floor, let's say, in water. Mm, they have uh, put the case against and that is EFA those are guys who are actually making the health decisions if this is allowed or not they put a case against them and they came up with I don't know how many research the research has been going for decades and actually this is one of those conspiracy theories that were always somewhere in the background the government is putting fluoride in your water supply to make you dumber and stuff like this but the research indeed shows that fluoride has damaging uh, especially constant exposure to fluoride has a damaging effects on uh, children and adults it uh, has some development consequences also including a lower IQ and especially it's dangerous for uh, children who are still in their mums wombs so for the fetuses and uh, believe it or not actually the key witness is a Danish uh, environmental epidemi- epidemiologist Dr. Philip oh my god no I will not even try guys you will see the show notes Grandjen, and he is known for his work on the neurotoxicity of mercury. And he has stated that he had been threatened or coerced by a colleague at the Harvard Dental School after one of his studies concluded that fluoride was a neurotoxin. When uh, the lawyer uh, asked the uh, gentleman that I cannot pronounce surname about a statement, he signed downplaying the significance of the results. He stated that he was uh, basically blackmailed and forced to sign a document saying that fluoride is not harmful. And now he basically under oath said that he was bullied and and harassed to do so. And his research shows something completely different. Uh, As for today, the judge asked for more time to evaluate the incoming uh, research and evidences. But we are waiting for the result of this trial because if they will win, that will probably mean that the entire fluorization of water in the United States will be banned under the Toxicity Act. So this is something very interesting. By the way, Denmark is not putting fluoride into the water. I checked. There are still countries that do it. And um, also an interesting thing is that the uh, condition, uh, the tooth decay between the countries that do it and don't do it uh, is the same. <laughs> so basically, they don't even have a valid reason to, to to prove that, look, it helped with the teeth of those people it didn't so uh, if this will actually uh, be uh, if this will end in admitting that fluoride is a toxin and it's harmful that will be a quite a historical thing because that lasts for 78 years now and government was pushing away all the uh, allegations and calling this a conspiracy theory and uh, let's see how it will go Did you hear about this? Yeah, about this one many times. Um, And did you know about the trial?
3: I have read about it, yeah. Okay. It's not been out in big media, but I I remember, I think The Intercept had an article about it.
1: Okay, well, but I think this is actually quite big. And now another uh, positive ray of sunshine. Uh, Johnson & Johnson pulls out Talc-based baby powder. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about Johnson & Johnson controversy and the baby talc. Yes. No. Okay, then Dennis, you are in for a treat. Johnson & Johnson said late Tuesday it will stop selling talc-based baby powder in North America following a flurry of lawsuits alleging the product causes cancer. J&J said it was discontinuing sale in the US and Canada as demand for talc-based Johnson baby powder in North America has been declining due to in large part to changes in consumer habits And fueled by misinformation around the safe. Safety of the product and a constant barrage of litigation advertising. The decision was part of company's COVID-19 related product portfolio assessment. J&J said talc-based baby powder sales in North America represent 0.5 percent of J&J consumer health sales, according to the company. JJ, which stands behind the safety of its talc-based powder, said it plans to keep selling cornstarch-based uh, baby powder in the north america the company faces thousands of claims that its talc-based powders cause cancer this is also a very long case i think it is already 40 or 50 year old case where there were research that showed that they are i think they were using even asbest in that talc and uh, it was basically cancerous but uh, it never went to the court Uh, it might actually now But what I like about this news is that Johnson & Johnson is taking out this talc based baby powder because people are not buying it anymore. And that is a news that actually um, gives me a little bit of hope that we actually can do an impact because there is no lawsuit yet. there are pending. There are no penalties. They still can easily sell it. But no one wants to buy it because people are not trusting the product. Um, So you can force out the product out of shelves by simply saying no to it. And I actually love this piece of news. What do you think about this? Well, I've heard about
0: it for so many years Mm -hmm. already, the the thing about Johnson & Johnson, but at the moment when I heard about it, and I don't remember if it was already with uh, my first son, if it was already like 13, 14 years ago, or Mm -hmm. if it was nine years ago with the second one, but I heard about it. But at that point of time, it was difficult to know whether it's a real story or if it is someone that is spreading the rumor. Yeah. about uh, johnson and johnson so it could have been i the case of either but no one wants to risk with their babies so people don't want to use it mm-hmm. when they hear this kind of things if this can be potentially cancerous uh, I- whether it's true or not people uh,
1: will be very wary yeah and i actually this whole johnson and johnson saga is a very interesting thing. That's something actually that could be, you know, really a, a theme for a, for a movie uh, because uh, I remember there were, I think they hired a researcher that was supposed to prove that the talk is safe and he actually discovered that the talk is not safe. So they tried to shut him down. It's it's the whole, this kind of like a drama, uh, you know, uh, he said, she said the research is meeting, missing and, and stuff like this. But uh, those um, those lawsuits, you know, there are thousands of claims now waiting and pending, which probably means that some of those uh, babies now, children or adults, uh, did got cancer, and it's hard to tie it to to the uh, talc powder just on a premise that they used this. And they have cancer because then it would mean that maybe we all drink water and we have cancer because we all do it. Well, well, if we drink the one with fluoride, then maybe, yes. But, you know, this is not enough. But if they do have a research showing what effects the ingredients of the talc-based powder are um, inside and what effect do they have, uh, then it will be a very interesting to see how this will develop. But um, power to the people. Great. If we don't want to buy something, if we think it sucks, then, uh, then we will actually drive off that product off the shelves because there will be absolutely no financial benefit for the company to produce it. Uh, and now we have something that I have found yesterday, First vaccinations begin in Africa for COVID-19 trial. Africa's first participation in COVID-19 vaccine trial started Wednesday as volunteers received injections developed uh, at the University of Oxford in Britain, while officials officials said uh, the continent of 1.3 billion People cannot be left behind. The large scale trial is being conducted in South Africa, Britain and Brazil. South Africa has nearly one third of Africa's confirmed cases with more than 106, including more than 2100 deaths. The country late Tuesday reported uh, biggest that tool is 111. So basically, Uh, Yeah, we have uh, uh, brave volunteers that are now chosen to test the vaccine, and it is uh, also mentioned in the same article. The pandemic was delayed in Africa, but is picking up speed very quickly, Uh, the African Center for Disease Control and Prevention chief said with a steep increase in numbers of cases and deaths. So basically, we don't want to leave Africa behind. Um, They have very low numbers, but they will grow. And as Black Lives Matter, (laughs) we will go with our experimental uh, vaccine and test it on uh, on South Africans. I found this news uh, almost like a stereotypical joke because there were always uh, rumors and allegations that uh, medical concerns are first going to third world countries and to Africa and to South America to test their products on the population there, because uh, then they can cover up easily and so on and so on. And you know, as we know, in Africa, so many things can kill you. So you can always kind of put it under the carpet. But I actually got extremely surprised that they already have an experimental one to to make the trials, because we just made a episode, I think a month ago about, you know, how long it takes to actually go to the first phase. And I think it's normally three and a half or four years or something of this kind. And taking in consideration all the news that we are hearing. This is a novel virus. This is a new virus. We don't know so much about this virus. We have to learn so much about this virus. There are different things. No, it's this. No, it's that. We still need to learn. We need to learn. And in all this chaos and lack of information and blurred things, yet the University of Oxford was able to come up with experimental vaccine for a coronavirus that officially we know so little about. Um, Well, I find it uh, worrying. How about you guys?
3: Uh, I read, uh, that's a month ago or something, that a lab in Copenhagen had a, a, a... a, not a vaccine but they have they had tried it on animals and it, it was safe on animals and they were just waiting to to, to proceed to the next stage to the next phase of, of, of trials
1: was it a vaccine yeah okay so it's uh, uh, they already have a vaccine
3: it, they're, they're trying it it worked on on animals it, it prohibited the the cells from uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the binding of the coronavirus to our, or the, the it, it couldn't attach to it and mm-hmm. make us sick and, okay. and in that way, they, they succeeded with that in, in mouse and rats, I think.
1: OK. And I think that this is a valid point, because I believe that there is probably quite a lot of substances that can do that. The problem with vaccinations is that the trials usually should last for years and years on end, because then we have to see the short, medium and long term effects of the vaccine on the body, because it can be that it will stop uh, the virus from binding with the cells, but it will cause something else in a process, and that's why the vaccine trials and medical trials for new drugs are usually decade long because we have to take in consideration everything that is happening with the human body. And um, yeah, I, I I just found it quite. Uh, it, it's very like a. It's like a cliche, you know. They have it. And they will go and they will test it on Africans. It's almost like a cliche for me. That's why it it caught my attention.
3: Yeah, but um, in in all fairness, uh, one could argue that the, the headline, I saw the article, and the mm-hmm. headline is also narrative-driven because <laughs> it, on, it only mentions Africa in the headline. And then you have to read it all to find out that they're actually testing it in South America and on themselves in England. hmm so True. so if you use the narrative that we're testing it on America on, on Africans.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And well w- which Africans because it's only South Africa.
1: Yes, South Africa. Yeah, I uh, agree. I agree. Um, However, we don't really have a data if uh, they are testing it in we don't have anything about the Brazil and uh, British testing, because maybe in Britain they tested on animals, maybe on volunteers, maybe on whoever. It's, uh, you are right, there is a sentence that is mentioning that, that there will be also Brazil and, and Britain, but it started there. Marta, do you have any um, tingling sense about this news? Well, the only thing that I
0: can say is the same, th- the same thing that I have been always saying. I really hope that it is run by volunteers, Mm -hmm. that it's really people who have a sense that they would like to do it. I hope that it's not done in a way of using people who are, I don't know, extremely poor and that's the only way they can get money to get food so they will risk their lives because the other thing is risking life anyway. So the thing that I hope for for the world is that it's really volunteers, people who believe in it, Mm -hmm. who want it, who are well-educated, well-informed in possible Uh, side effects and so on. Mm -hmm. So that's the first statement for me. And the second statement for me is I really hope that this will never be the case where people are forced to take that vaccination. Whether it's in trial, whether it's post-trial, I just really hope for the world that we will remain uh, having the right to decide on our bodies, whether it's in trial or if it's later that we have the right to decide who of us will want to have that vaccine and that's it for me
1: preach sister and with this wonderful ending line we have arrived to the five messages so i'm actually five news i'm actually impressed because we are halfway in Mm -hmm. and we managed to cover half of it so i think we deserve a little bit of a musical break and uh, i would like to come back to one of the songs that we have already played this year on the radio the song is called maybe and the band is in Caravans. I uh, particularly enjoy the song. It's a song by a Danish band. I think they are Aarhus based and uh, yeah, I like it. So let's hear the song and then we will come back to the next five news that you missed during the pandemic. We had a short musical break with Maybe in Caravans. I love this song. I don't know why but it really is on my mind. And we are back to the news that you have might missed because of the pandemic. And um, yeah, so far so good, Marta. Yeah, we are going on a very good speed. Yes, I am very impressed with myself. But now we are uh, entering a little bit more of a, I would say, cosmic uh, part of the news uh, um, and more like a global weather magnetic field kind of spooky stuff and uh, we will start with uh, very interesting um, news that have actually, uh, it is already on the media for I would say the past couple of years but lately there was a speed up And it is Earth's magnetic North Pole is shifting dramatically from a power tag of war. So basically, uh, it has become increasingly clear in recent years that Earth's magnetic North Pole has been moving towards Russia at the rather fast clip. Now, a team of researchers believe they identify the forces that are causing the shift, which has implications for everyday navigation and mapping systems, among other things. Earth's magnetic field is governed by the flow of materials in our planet's core. And it seems that two competing magnetic blobs, that's an actual uh, phrase, Mm -hmm. blobs, along the outer core are pulling at the magnetic north pole. So I guess if we would visualize this, there is a core and there are two magnetic blobs and the blobs are trying to get to Russia. And because of that, the n- uh, magnetic North Pole is drifting towards Russia. I've heard that this is the fastest pace that was ever recorded. And uh, yeah, the article was like, oh, that's actually quite cool. Maybe you will be able to see the northern, northern lights and, you know, stuff like this. But a geomagnetic reversal is actually a thing, and that is a change in planet's magnetic field such uh, uh, such that the position of magnetic north and magnetic sound are interchanged. And um, we have never been through that, ever, ever, ever. I think that uh, it is estimated that so far our planet Earth went through 183 reversals over the last eighty-three million years, and the latest reversal occurred around seven hundred eighty hundred thousand hundred thousand years ago. So no one remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. So technically speaking, we don't know what is going to happen if this reverse will be going in the space. We, however, have some theories, and one is grimmer than another. So I don't know if you want to know, but some scientists are saying that... um, the, there is a possibility that reversal of this magnetic poles could be linked to the extinctions that we had on this planet. Uh, most such proposals rest on the assumption that the Earth's magnetic field would be much weaker during reversals. And possibly the first such hypothesis was that high energy particles trapped in Van Allen radiation belt could be liberated and bombard the earth. There is also a hypothesis that uh, if uh, the reversal will be in a full speed, the earth field will disappear, not like forever, it will appear again. But, you know, without the magnetic field, we are kind of fried. And uh, there is um, actually a a hypothesis that this is what happened to Mars, that the the Mars as a planet lost the magnetic field and you saw what happened. At least this is what NASA showed you. And there is also a hypothesis that uh, um, is linking those reversals to mass extinctions. Groovy. Groovy. But uh, I remember I saw this news lately that, oh, my God, it's speeding, it's galloping because of those crazy blobs in the inner core. Um, Interesting. Uh, Hopefully, uh, the only thing we will experience is, uh, you know, crazy navigation systems, which also will be problematic for the planes and anything else and maybe satellites. Uh, But did you hear about this, guys? If hearing about it from you before counts, (laughs) no, that does not count.
0: (laughs) If uh, I heard it from any other source, then no.
3: Not in so much detail, no, but I did read about, hear about uh, the poles shifting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, let's see how this will go. And now for the piece number seven. Mysterious signal, reg, uh, regular signal detected from outer space. That was also in the news, I believe, since February. However, they, uh, the, um, I think it was, what was it, NASA probably? Um, let me see. For the first time, scientists have detected a radio signal from outer space that repeats at regular intervals. And that's actually the thing that is interesting because the signal might have just but it is regular. The series of fast radio bursts, short-lived pulses of radio waves that come from across the universe were detected about once an hour for four days and then stopped only to start up again 12 days later. The cycle repeated every 16.35 days for more than a year, according to a new paper about the research. The bursts originated from a galaxy far, far away. I'm joking, about 500 million light years away. Yeah, that's far, far away. That's far, far <laughs> away. <laughs> But not the Star Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars far, far away. The repeating patterns suggest the source could be a celestial body of some kind of orbiting around a star or another body. In such a scenario, the signals would cease when they are obstructed by the other body. So it's like apparently something is having a a constant signal and there is another body that is just like, you know, coming in front and going back (laughs) and making like a disturbance. That's why we got the intervals. Yeah, but if that's so, what is that other body? and why it's doing this so regularly. Uh, It's not likely to be aliens, though. And that's very sad for me, because MIT uh, says in a statement, the signals are sign of energetic events that are on the extreme scale of the cosmos. Even a highly intelligent species would be very unlikely to produce Energies like this, and there is no detectable pattern so far that would suggest there is a sentient hand at play. Oh, MIT, MIT, small little minds, because we cannot imagine powerful beings of this kind being able to um, accumulate this energy, it cannot be, because in our imagination, the aliens only have this and this level of technology and intelligence. Well, I I find it quite uh, funny, but okay, fair enough. Well, maybe it's something else that is regularly sending us the radio signal. Uh, Anyway, exciting. What do you think, guys? Exciting. Yeah, Denise. Exciting. And you know what is actually funny, that for so many years, I remember in 80s, and even in 90s, we had such a huge hype on trying to detect those signals from space. I remember we have sent some signals and stuff. Then there was this m- movie contact with Jodie Foster, which I love. And the hype was even more like elaborated. And we wanted to know we wanted to get the signal. Now we get a signal. And everyone is thinking about COVID-19. Very bad timing, celestial body or aliens or whoever you are, because it's it's just like it's there, but no one really pays attention. What do you think that is? Do you have any nose, gut feeling, or you have no hypothesis at all?
3: I I wouldn't know at all. The only thing I did think was that, sure, if if it glides, whatever makes the, the signal glides behind the planet, that makes the interval.
1: Okay. Another
3: celestial being, something. It goes behind a planet. It, it it has a moon that obstructs it, whatever.
1: But that moon would have to be speeding like a crazy maniac if those intervals are rather close to each other, you know, even our moon who is considered to be very close to us and have actually quite a decent speed, uh, it takes it uh, quite a uh, quite some time. I think what are the intervals? Wait, give me a second. What did I say, guys? I don't want to lie to our listeners. Uh, mo- Every hour? Uh, yes, every hour for four days, then stopped, then start again 12 days later. And the cycle itself repeats every 16 days.
3: Yep. Four planets.
1: Yes.
0: Yep. I have no theories.
1: No theories? No gut feeling? No. Well, let's, let's just take a look at that. You know, I think I will revisit all this news at the end of the year, and we can actually see... Sure. What was uh, w- was there any continuum? Well, were we like uh, having any more uh, elaborated explanations? So I think that was piece number eight or number se- number seven, right? Seven. So now piece number eight is uh, back to the earth, people, and that is actually also something that is I consider a very good news, but not so much. But okay, it's a it's a news with a potential to be good buyer to pay up 10.9 billion to settle bulk on Roundup weed killer cancer lawsuits. Uh, Roundup is a weed killer, it's a pesticide that was invented in 1970 and after three years at that time Monsanto because I don't know if you are aware that Bayer has purchased Monsanto two years ago uh, Monsanto came out and said we have this fantastic weed killer and, you know, like everyone should have it and a lot of uh, farmers and uh, all over the world were kind of hooked on it. And then slowly yet surely there started to be some... Um, allegations and even research done that Roundup can actually be a cancerous. And uh, the thing is that uh, I believe Roundup is banned in most of the European countries. And I think it's banned also in uh, many American states. For instance, in Denmark, Roundup is banned for industrial farming, but is allowed for a private usage. Uh, the only exception is Alborg, that has also banned Roundup for a private usage. But if you're lucky, you can still buy Roundup in Futex. Um, and if you are, um, I would say, suspicious about Roundup, I would recommend you, if you are buying from a local farmer, to ask your local farmer what is he or she using for uh, wheat killing. You know, if it's Roundup and you think that um there's something not cool here then maybe you should consider not buying from that farmer well so basically what happened uh, buyer after more than a year of talks agreed to pay as much of 10.9 billion to settle close to 100,000 U.S. lawsuits claiming that its widely used weed killer Roundup caused cancer, resolving litigation that has plummeted the company's share price. The German drug and pesticide maker has come to terms with about 75% of 125,000 filed and unfined claims overall, it said in the statement on Wednesday. So uh they basically claim that they are uh, okay and good to go that roundup is safe because I think what is the uh aha unfortunately we have to pay an awful lot of money for a product which is perfectly regulated so they didn't say perfectly safe but perfectly regulated there are regulations about uh Roundup, indeed. But basically they, uh, Bayern claim that um, Roundup is safe. They have never Um, officially agreed that it uh, causes cancer. They of course produced the counter research uh, that uh, the the Roundup is perfectly safe, blah 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 blah. However, they have decided to settle. So they don't want to go to court. They don't want to open the whole big case. They decided to pay almost 11 billion billion dollars to the people who have uh, put, uh, or farmers who have Put the claims uh, towards uh, towards then Monsanto now buyer. Uh, they also did not agree to put on Roundup a message that this product might uh, create create develop cancer. Uh, I find it. So so because if we look at the behavior of the company that is willing to pay 11 billion just to shut some people and not to go on the, um, you know, full blown court case. Um, There is something, you know, a little bit weird about that. And we have seen things like this happening. I don't know if you heard, uh, if you saw Erin Brockovich movie, it's based on the real case. And that company that was polluting the water was also trying to pay people off not to go to court. Because when you go to court, you just put on the table everything and then you can actually really uh, lose the case. And Roundup is still wildly used in India in Africa, in South America, because Roundup there is not that well regulated, it's only the first world that have banned Roundup. So that court case could be disastrous if proven that Roundup is causing cancer. So I hope that people will look at this case and all people here in Denmark who are using Roundup for for, um, private use in their own gardens maybe would consider looking into that. And the links to all this will be, of course, in the show notes of this episode on the5options.com. Guys, what do you think?
3: I think that if the evidence was so strong that uh, the people would not uh, accept the settlement and actually take it to court, because mm-hmm. it, it's the it's the, it, it's the the people who are suing Monsanto mm-hmm. who accept the plea, not Monsanto. They, they offer it. Mm-hmm. So it's the people who say they gotten cancer from Monsanto's product who take the settlement, who take the hush money. Mm-hmm. They can only be offered, it. they can't be forced to take it. So yes. if, if their evidence was so strong, I really hope they would take it to court.
1: Well, there are two things here that I will have to, because I agree with your logic, I really do. I think that if you have a case strong enough, you go to court and you fight. Two things, Randap is indeed uh, banned in many European countries and is said to be cancerous. So there is a merit to the case, right? The second thing is that after I have seen Erin (laughs) Brokovich. No, it's like you could see what a manipulation tactics was uh, put on those people and they were, you know, uh, scaring the people and telling them you will never win the court case. They have all army of lawyers. This is the the huge corporation. Take the money, heal your children because uh, the kids there also had cancer. There were a lot of diseases, you know. I don't remember what was the name of the company. I have to refresh it because it's a true true story, right? Mm. So I saw the entire manipulation and how they were trying to scare people telling them that this can last for decades you will not see any money and you know just take the money it's good money you can heal your kids and stuff let's see maybe the remaining because we only have 75 percent of cans, uh, cases settled maybe the remaining 25 percent are the ones who are thinking to go to court because they can afford it so let's see about that Number nine, mini ice age to hit Earth in 2020 and will last 30 years, causing extreme winters. Well, that is quite unexpected, taking in consideration the entire global warming. Um, I would say movement or or or. Philosophy, I don't even know how to call it uh, because it's now changed to climate change which now this can f- fit into the narrative before it was global warming but then uh, it was changed to global uh, to climate change but this would be definitely not caused by humans it would be caused by sun because the sun is going to experience its lowest activity in over 200 years in 2020 during this time earth will enter a mini ice age where there will be food shortage and extremely cold winter Winters food shortage caused by, by, of course, the weather that will be extreme. The average temperature could even drop as much as one degree Celsius in one year. According to the data from NASA, this is because the Earth is about to experience a solar minimum. Well, it's actually the sun that is about to experience the solar minimum and it will affect the Earth. Solar minimum is a period of time when the sun becomes dormant, exhibiting its lowest solar activity. This is a normal phenomenon that usually occurs every 11 years, which I actually know about. However, the solar minimum that we are going to experience this year is called a grand solar minimum. This is an extreme solar minimum where solar activity is much lower than regular solar minimums. A lot of solar and a lot of minimums in this sentence. <laughs> a grand solar minimum occur about uh, once about every 400 years. The last grand solar minimum was called Maunder minimum, and it was between 1645 and 1715 during this time. The canals at Tame and Amsterdam froze over multiple time, a rare occurrence today. Well, if we will dig into the history and look at the last two solar minimums that we have because we have only the historical data you know from history. It was a time of uh, famine and actually empires falling because there was no food due to the the weather changing and completely changing the possibilities of breeding uh, the animals and actually growing food uh that's a scary shit although i have also heard uh, red news from nasa yes we are entering solar minimum but nothing will happen it will be all good it's like this is overreaction well it's so so because if we look at the previous solar minimums we see that it was indeed affecting the climate quite badly and caused a famine uh, and that actually ties up very strangely to the first news we had when we are basically throwing and dumping all of our food supply. And on the top of that, we actually might have some challenging climate conditions. Uh, someone would say that some people that up there are not really talking to each other because if you expect such a, um, profound effects on uh, on, uh, on the weather and uh, food producing capabilities, wouldn't you like to go a different way? Well, mm, what do you think, guys? Did you hear about this, first of all? No. No, you didn't hear about this. Not
3: not that it's a grand mini, which is perfect for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Marta, uh, if you heard it from me, (laughs) I don't want to hear about this. A minute. Mm -hmm.
0: I heard it from you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: Well, I, uh, I also had a news number 10 um, that uh, probably only people who are smoking noticed that the mental cigarettes were banned from the European Union on 22nd of May, a very sad day for me. But I think uh, we will just drop it because uh, if you're not a smoker, why would you care? You will only care... If they will come for the things that you consume, like meat or alcohol, then maybe other people will be interested in this politics behind restricting certain things from people on the basis of it being unhealthy. But coming back to mini ice age, I find it the most intriguing news, I have to say. I know that we are almost out of time, so I will talk over our outro, Denise, because if that's correct, we are in for a crazy ride. And uh, I've heard something of this kind. First, pandemic one, then race war, then pandemic two, and at the end, famine. If I'm correct, God help us all. But I think I'm not correct because I'm rarely correct. So, guys, I hope you will have a great Friday and we will talk to you next week. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks.